Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Intervention, Crystal Spring, Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're joined by Oscar Toledano to talk about the Spanish market, consumer expectations, and what we're doing to create a more prosperous future for pig production. How are you doing today, Oscar? Hello, Matthew. I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast. We had a really interesting introduction to each other way back when. So a lot of people know, some might not, but early on in our business venture, we did a lot of startup pitch competitions in school because it helped us get funding to pursue our idea. Well, one of those competitions was in Frankfurt, Germany. And I can't remember how we got the connection. It might have been through American Resources at the time. But Oscar was like, you got to come down and see Rotecna. And so I traveled to Barcelona before the event, went and saw Rotecna, saw all their facilities, had the best hospitality uh, I could have ever imagined. I had not been outside of North America at the time. So this was a, a first for me, my first European experience. And their whole team took me to go get snails and, and eat a lot of other really great food. And I say snails with a lot of positivity because they were fantastic. But from there, I guess, I'll let Oscar, you introduce yourself, your background. How did you get into pig production? Who's Rotecna? And can you give us a little overview of the Spanish market? I will, I will. First, let me say that it was a pleasure to have you here. And, and you know, as you may know, Spain is the second uh, country with most uh, tourism, you know, after France. Yeah. So we are more than welcome. And, and you know, we know how to make uh, foreigners uh, and tourists uh, feel well at home. We love it. Eh? So I uh, I was uh, born in Lleida, which is uh, now in the center of the main uh, pig production uh, area in Spain. Within 250 kilometers from Lleida, you may have the highest concentration of pigs in the world today, okay, uh, by density. We will explain a little bit about that uh, later. But despite that, when I went to college, I was uh, in the University of Lleida, but I was studying agriculture engineering specialized in food industry, but I started in the pig industry by by just by chance because in, in that time uh, my I I moved to the small village the, where my family was uh, is originally from, which is a Stopinian. It's a small place, you know, ninety people living there. But in that time they were building a, a three thousand three hundred sow farm that was back in nineteen ninety eight. Was one of the largest farms of the country in that time. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, for whilst I was looking for a job and so on, I started there to make some, you know, income, working for something better. But, you know, I just got in love with the industry. So I started by power washing, basically, 
and insemination and so on. And then I, I went through uh, all the, the learning process and with my engineering background. So I, 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 I learned and learned and learned. And the more I was learning, the more eager I was to learn more. And, and I got in love with the industry. So uh, maybe that's uh, that I got in, in, in love with it. it. It's something to 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 see with uh, one of my maybe the first experience I got with peaks. You know, my my grandparents were living in, in this small village in Stopinyan and they were mainly uh, sheep farmers, you know, but we always got to sows at home that they, you know, we were breeding them and, and then we were selling the piglets and slaughtered them uh, in winter, you know, to make all the budgety to to get meat for the whole year. So uh, in my family and all the kids in my region, when you want they, when they want you to remove the pacifier, you have to give it to the piglets. So then at night when you ask for it, then they tell you, no, no, but you gave it to the piglets, you know, because the Wait, piglets- seriously? You too. guys actually take oh. the pacifier and give it to the piglets as like a, yeah. a, a way of like moving on? <laughs> yeah, because you, you know, your parents tell you, but you know, Oscar, they needed more than you because it's just 10 babies for one mother and they needed more than you. So you have to be with there. So and they I, buy I, it, right? The kids are like, oh, I'm doing a good thing. So it's like, yeah, well, yeah. oh, that's cool. That's an idea for the listener. So if you, yeah. <laughs> if you bring the, the kids to the farm and so then at night I remember, but I should be very young, but I really remember it, you know, which is... Uh, and okay, <laughs> that, that may be because I got in love with those uh, pink uh, little friends, you know. And yeah. then, uh, so I started in pea production. As I told you, I was there for three years managing big farms in, in 98. It was at the end of the, name, the 90s, the Spanish industry really exploded and, and grew uh, very strongly, mainly with, with the big uh, pig farms, you know. We probably have. Uh, because of the, the, the history of the industry in Spain, we have some of the largest uh, pig farms in Europe. So an average size of a farm in sow farm in Spain, it's about 1,500 sows. But already since the last 10, 15 years, every, almost everything we built, it's over 2,400 sows with winners or 3,400 sows without winners, which is the maximum we can build because Spain is one of the few countries, as far as I know, is the only that um, we have a limitation of the maximum number of animals we can have per site. Okay. Really? So after three years in production, I, I, I started in Rotecna. Rotecna, it's a, it's a company making manufacturing solutions for big farms, equipment mainly, so interiors. Uh, so we are uh, making all the um, feeding systems, watering systems, flooring, dividers, things like that. But we work with uh, dealers, with builders. So I was very fortunate that I have been in this. Uh, I work that I started in Rotegna 22 years ago. So in the last 22 years, I have been so fortunate to be able to work with some of the best uh, companies building farms or best uh, pick integrators in more than 85 countries. So I have a really the fortune to have a very good outlook on what is how, done. How many of those 85 countries have you been to? Most Myself, of them? The last, I, I stopped counting already many years ago, but I think now I am between 55 to 65. I will be around there. Wow. 
Yeah. Which is not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so this is pretty much it, no? So in 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 uh, then of course as we have this very good outlook of how it speaks produced in different parts of the world, we try to manufacture solutions that fit to these uh, different needs, no? Yeah, and I'm sure that there's not a lack of variety when it comes to the different parts of the world and their expectations for how pigs are produced. No. In fact, we, we always see that the pig production in terms of equipment and technology, sometimes we're a little bit behind poultry production, which is true, but up to a level because poultry, it's a really, or eggs, it's really a very standard product. Mm-hmm. So you find eggs in different sizes, two colors, but that's it. And then poultry is mainly consumed fresh with, you have some, you know, white poultry or, 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 or yellow poultry, and then you have different sizes, but pretty much it, it's fresh. So many cats, the cats are the same everywhere in the world because yeah. every time I go to a new country, I always visit a, a, to make a very cheap and fast market, uh, uh, you know, prospection. You just go to supermarket and measure how many centimeters or meters of shelter you have for each kind of meat. Then you have a completely <laughs> good overview if they eat more pork or poultry or how they eat it. So there is very little processing of poultry meat because it's very dry and so on. Then pig meat, whoa, my God. We, In Spain, it's, it's a big it's deal, right? Heavier, um, uh, more lean, more fat. Then we have a huge variety of processing, dried, smoked, and so it's a product that it has a huge uh, variety of uh, of, of uh, finishings and tastes, and it's proceed different in different countries. This means that also the breeding, the breeds we use, and the farming systems have to adapt that to that. Then also the scale is also different. Yeah. So in the world there is some to make a very long history short. There is two different ways to produce uh, pigs. No, there is some countries where you have a natural advantage because you have a very cheap uh, feed. Because, as you know, feed is the sixty to seventy-five percent of the cost, and it's fifty percent to sixty percent of the just the cost to finish a pig from twenty kilos to a slaughter way. No, so if you are in the USA or Canada or Brazil or Argentina, you have that resource so much cheaper. This means uh, you have a huge advantage in our industry. Okay, then you have this means that the, you you can. It's much if you want to make more money. It's much faster to grow than to improve. Mm. So this makes that the scale of business in 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 uh, in US in in Brazil is very large because that's giving you an advantage. If you are bigger, your overhead will be lower. Your logistics will be better. So yeah. you you have a more chance, a more better access to the market. So this means you you have an advantage. Then in Europe, the environment of cost is completely different. So we have our feed is our our grain and, and we import the soya. Our grain it's mo- so much more expensive. Our labor is so much more expensive. The land, the soil is so much more expensive. So we have the highest standards of um, animal welfare. The restrictions on the use of uh, pro- growth promoters, um, the, the labor, no, also you know the highest cost of labor. This means 
that our in order to compete, uh, you know, we, we first we 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 need to produce a much cheaper piglet than in USA or Brazil. We we must do. We must mm -hmm. because otherwise we are out of the game. No. Uh, then in finishing, much more difficult to compete. So normally what we do is okay. We as we don't use growth promoters or or or, or we are a little bit more advanced in the production the traceability of animals produced without, without antibiotics or things like that, we are looking for those export markets that are paying, you know, a little bit more for, and also mm -hmm. we are very developed in the, in the production of byproducts. So when, you, when we sell, we don't just compete or export in meat, we produce lots of products coming from the blood, coming from the intestines, coming from like collagen, like, you know, so yeah. we are very, very strong in that, no, because we need to get much more money for, for by from each uh, unit no? yeah and it sounds like you have a lot more variety of products of pork so yeah. that diversification can also help yeah. break prices as opposed to a commodity of yeah. all right we got the exact same cut no matter where you go exactly so here uh, we consume much more pork per, per person no than, than than in many other parts of the world this means that uh, we have a huge variety and much more value in some of the products we can export. No? Yes. So, Spain, uh, from a size standpoint, that's that's a two point six million sows right between kind of the U.S. Canada, right? So it that's probably the best representation in Europe of mm -hmm. the U.S. model, and it's still yeah. not even, still not even the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just about the number of sows that it is, because Spain is the is the fourth the largest pig, pig producer in the world, and is the main, you know, is the biggest, the largest pig producer in in Europe. But it's also about the, the how the scale of the business, because uh, in Spain, the the scale of business is very similar to the U.S. because eighty percent of the production, it's also managed by integration. So exactly the same system than in the USA or Canada. Uh, so we have companies, the biggest has uh, 215,000 sows, 150,000 sows. So all the big producers in Europe, outside of Spain, I think the largest has 15,000 sows. So in Spain, a company with 15,000 sows, it's quite of a small size integrator, okay? This makes that also the, the scale of business is uh, more uh, is more near to the U.S. and this marks a lot what companies like Rotecna we are doing now because we have to focus in making a very high efficient farm, but we need solutions that can be scale up beyond what we can see in Denmark or Netherlands or Germany, which is the yeah. typical farm. Because many times when, when our customers from America or Asia, they come to Europe, they go to, to Netherlands, they see a very good farm, very high productivity, by, but it's managed by the owner and the family. Very well-trained and motivated labor, okay, uh, in an, an environment which is nothing to do with what they have. Because they have a production which is smaller scale, maybe the owner is in three tiers from the farm. I mean, you have in the farm somebody that is managed by somebody which is managed by somebody which is managed by the owner so this means that everything we do must be uh, solutions that 
very focusing in efficiency because the environment of cost we have in Spain, but at the same time, they must be scalable. We cannot go to some of the complexity, you know, that you yeah. can see in other farms. So these have marked a lot the path of Rotecna, no? So because we have been exporting this model of high efficiency, big scale farm, no? So before we get into what production looks like further and what you guys have been doing, um, I have a couple questions for you. There's some fun rapid fire ones I've been doing here lately. What is the sports team that you cheer for? Oh, that's a very good question for a Spanish guy, but I am not very much into sports. <laughs> so, you know, Spanish are fanatics of soccer and, and, and basketball and, and, and handball and everything. But, you know, since I am in Lleida, you know, in Catalonia, I have to say that Barca. Okay. What is, what is a food that if somebody goes to Spain, they have to yeah. try? Okay, I will say maybe paella. paella. You know, this rice made with uh, shellfish and, 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 uh, and, uh, and pork and pig, I am meat. But also now it's getting a lot of, ca- of fashion. Maybe you have seen the calzots, which is this, uh, you know, is the, it's a kind of uh, leek, you know, it's a, it's a sprout of onion, okay, that you okay. dip in a special sauce, you know, after cook it on flames. And now it's getting in Europe, it's a kind of, uh, we export a lot of them, you know, <laughs> these cool. uh, young uh, onions, uh, calzots. But these two things, and of course, in our region in Lleida, the snails that you try, you have to try the snails. The What's the snails. favorite country that you've been to? The outside of Spain, I mean, because the contrast and how I like it, is I, I love Vietnam. Yeah. So nice people and, you know, it's one of the happiest customer, I, countries I have never seen. And I love that environment of happiness, you know, and, and it's so... It's a really nice country. Yeah, it is. But also because the contrast with Spain, no? Of course, I love any country in Europe or US or Canada because it's a kind of similar lifestyle. But uh, Vietnam is different, no? And it's, it's a beautiful place and great people there. And lots of peaks, which I, I also like a lot. So... This one, I'll let, I'll let you answer twice because I'm going to have to make you answer it one way and then I'll give you the freedom to answer it the other. Yeah. When you come to the U.S., yeah. what is the favorite light beer that you've tried? <laughs> it's a very good question, but I am also, I don't like the beer, Matthew. <laughs> okay. So what should, do you drink wine then? Yeah, then, uh, oh, I got some experience with the Iowa wine. I don't want uh, to tell you those. No, no, but, it's too sweet. <laughs> it's too sweet for us. It's kind of juice, but I love. Uh, you have all these Californian Zinfandel. It's a grape. It's not very common here in Europe. So anytime I go to the USA, make sure I, I get a black Zinfandel because I love it. I just love the grape and 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 the Californian one is 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 very nice, you know. But I enjoy the 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 USA. Yes, a lot. But not the, the Iowa wine. No, not that. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm with you there. Well, it's fine, Matthew. But wine, no. <laughs> I had an Iowa wine the other day, and it was pretty good. And I asked them, so, so what do you do? And they say, well, we, we imported wine from California. <laughs> <laughs> Just bottle it here, no? Yeah, I like dry wine, though. So 
Uh, people like sweet wine. They might like Iowa wine, but do you like dry wine? Not so much. All right, so to get back into topic, the pig industry, mm-hmm. the pig sector, gets a lot of scrutiny for mm-hmm. its practices uh, from individuals who, in many cases, don't know what's going on. And so they might say, you know, your welfare is bad. Your sustainability mm-hmm. is bad. The quality of the food is bad. The nutrition is bad. But in reality, that is not the case. Can you talk a little bit about the expectations of consumers in Europe and what you guys are doing in your farms? So the the one of the challenges, no, as you said, uh, beyond the the environmental, is mainly now the first challenge we have. No, we have to be sustainable. Otherwise, doesn't make sense our activity. If we cannot make sure we can keep it doing it during generations and generations and generations, no. But it's this social we call it social sustainability, no. The, every day, more people it's more concerned about how food is produced beyond uh, health security. I mean that the, so far it's in many countries in the world it's about food is safe. So I can eat it and it's fine. It doesn't hurt me. It's, it's, it's clean. It's healthy, you know, so on. Now in Europe, that's by far not enough. So they are concerned about other things of how food is produced beyond um, health. No? And they start to uh, think in, okay, what is the uh, carbon footprint? What is the environmental sustainability? What is the animal welfare? How are these produced? Eh? And, and that's a challenge because, as you said, uh, most of the people eating meat, it's it's really disconnected from mm-hmm. the rural areas where this food is produced. So they have an idea of how it is made, but they don't know how it is made. Okay, and and sometimes they have an idea which is <laughs> just uh, wrong. Eh? Like they they have an, an they have idealized the idea of backyard farming or or very small scale farming. But all the farm kids like myself, we remember that when you have backyard, low-scale farming, you are basically a slave. So you cannot go out the weekends, you cannot travel, you you cannot go anywhere, you cannot get sick. Same in dairy, right? Dairy always had that, where basically you can't leave because you got to be there twice a day to milk cows. Then, of course, all this to make our business uh, our activity environmental sustainable and with high security and high animal welfare requires equipment requires investment this means that there is a minimum scale you need to reach in order to make that just economically sustainable so you, you can make a, a we can make almost a farm with no footprint Okay, so we can do with no carbon footprint or we, we yeah. very uh, carbon neutral, yeah. Water use or, or feed use or energy use, or we can give huge welfare to the animals by supplying more space and non competitive uh, electronic feeding systems. We can track basically everything by sensors and, and, and then make the performance very, very efficient. But then we need an investment that requires a minimum amount. Uh, of uh, a minimum size to make it scalable. Then also we need professionals. So it's not the same uh, health care we can give, in a, a doctor can give in a small uh, practicing office 
in a small town of Iowa that we can give in the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. So if we need to access to high, you know, professionals, very well trained and so on, also we need to pay them a salary that needs, you know, a certain scale. No? Then we sometimes we humanize the pig. So about welfare, about size of farming, believe me, a pig, whilst we provide him with what he needs, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter to them if they are among one or among a thousand. Because they yeah, basically doing their thing. Exactly. So they basically care about the well, the welfare of the surrounding. You know, if this is once they are okay in one pen, they don't care if you have one pen on the farm or twenty thousand pens. They don't care. Yeah, if they're they getting get, fed, if they have yeah. food and they feel safe. Yeah, exactly. And they're comfortable. Exactly. That's yeah. a pig. Yeah, that's a pig. But sometimes we, we, we think that they, they are like humans. No, they are not humans. They have a different uh, needs, you know, so we cannot humanize them uh, too much, no? And, and one thing is that no, nobody is more interested to give welfare to the animals than the people that raise them. Because we know, ex we know that welfare and production goes hand by hand. Yeah. There is not high productivity without welfare because an animal that is not well doesn't perform well. And we want high performance animals, you know? Do you think that would speak for itself? Mm -hmm. That, that like, oh, they don't care about the pigs, all they care about is money. Well, this isn't corn or something where you can just walk away and come back and it's like, oh, there it is. Even it, give it whatever condition and we'll grow and we'll take what we can, right? They put corn in a poor soil come back and harvest it, put it in good soil, come back and harvest it. Doesn't really matter. Uh, you're going to have different yields. Yeah, it sucks for the, for the person farming it. But with a pig, if you go and you don't take care of that pig, it dies. And now everything that you invested in that pig is gone. Yeah, yeah, it's, precise, precise. It's crazy to me question, that that isn't the most convincing argument that we could tell. Yeah, but the question is, we cannot neglect uh, Matthew that we have to, doesn't matter what we know ourselves or what we do, we have yep. to sell it out. Because the main threat of our industry is our customer stops buying. Because if people stop buying pork, we are going to close down, doesn't matter what we make. So it starts by, we, we have to do the right thing. So we know how to do it the right thing. We, we have the technologies, we have the means, okay? to uh, build um, very efficient farms with a very low or an almost non-carbon footprint with no emissions of uh, uh, you know, ammonia, gas, um, and, and not polluting the, so using the manure properly as a fertilizer, not polluting the aquifer, so on, so on. Technology is there, okay? But once we do it and we apply it, we have to explain it. Because now we are kind of a little bit of failing of uh, giving this getting the public being uh, uh, know about this. And, and, and I, I always, you know, if, because there is some other uh, industries like the, uh, you know, um, lab-based meat or, or things like that, no? Mm -hmm. They are very interested and they spend lots of money in marketing, okay? And promotion and so on. Uh, promoting their product against our product, for instance, no, and they are very noisy because they are they do a very good job. Then also you have people that uh, you know they that for them not eating meat 
is not just a diet, it's a belief. So they explain it to everybody. It's ethics. So if we are in a if we are in a table in a in a party with 20 people, if somebody is diabetic or somebody is dieting, we will probably never ever notice because they will just order what is good for them. They will not let anybody. But if it's somebody in the it's a vegan on the table, all of us will notice it. Because they make so it very obvious. Oh, they will um, make it very uh, obvious. I'm vegan. Do you have another menu or something? Yeah. They always and make they, it noticeable. It'd be like if they, we ordered pork and we're like, I'm a pork producer. Um, what, what can you tell me about your pork? Very good. But, and they will preach it, you know? They will preach that we, all of us, we have to. So if we, pig producers and farmers, because this happens to farming in general. I mean, uh, consumers, don't, they, they don't know what we do. No? You know, farmers... And, 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 and a pig, you know, animal farmers and, 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 and land farmers, we are a legion of people. We are millions, you know? but we make very little noise. We don't speak up. We, yeah. we, we don't tell how things are done. We don't tell that, okay, you can live without your iPhone, but you cannot live without your meals. Okay, so what we do, it's so important, okay? And, 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 and because we feed the world in a growing in a planet that, you know, just this week reached 8 billion people, okay? So uh, just in, in, uh, in 19, uh, you know, in, in, in uh, 1800, we were uh, 1 billion people in the world. In 1900, we were 2 billions. In 2000, we were 7 billions. And now just 23 years later, we're already uh, 8 billion. So we're... The, the planet has a thousand, so one billion more people in 23 years. It took us until 1800 to reach that population. And we have tripled it by eight in uh, 223 years, you know? It's and crazy. this is not going to stop. So uh, we need to get more from less. The technology is there, okay, but now what? some of the people or some of the society is asking to do is not to improve, but to stop, which is a big mistake. Because maybe some very rich people in, in Europe or in the US or in Canada can stop eating meat, but most of the big majority of the world cannot. They need the protein, they need, you know. So uh, we have a commitment, the industry, to keep improving you know, keep investing in making better systems, in taking more or less. There is huge opportunities of growth. So we're still, you know, up to 25% of the pigs that are born die. Uh, up to 20% of the feed we deliver to our pigs in the feeders goes to the pit, mm -hmm. you know? So huge improvements besides our industry is so developed and we are so efficient, but still there is areas of improvement and the technology is there. Always we are aware, you ask me what we do about, we are aware about the cost. No, we say, okay, yes, but okay, we need sensors, motors, uh, more space for the animals, so on. Okay, if you calculate how much it costs, all the production infrastructure, the farms, no? Mm, breeding farms, winning farms, finishing farms, you, you, you take the, the cost of building them. And then you calculate how many kilos of pork they will produce in 25 years. And then you calculate, okay, how much of this cost will be per kilo of meat? In a country like US, it will be around 
5%. In Europe, it's maybe 8 to 10, depending, no? Because our system's, you know, much more complex and so on. But this means that to increase, there is a huge, uh, there, there is, well, there is a very small repercussion of the buildings on the cost of the meat, but so means there is a very big room, you know, to make a little bit more investment on the production against efficiency. And as efficiency is there, because still, you know, 20% of the pig's wars are dead, 20% of the feed goes to the pig. So then that's the future and that's the line. And we have been doing that path during the last years because it's unbelievable how the industry has improved in the last 10 years using less feed, less water, increasing the number of, of piglets produced per sow, no? uh, and so on. No? So we, we have to keep walking that path. And that's what society should ask us. Not, not yeah. to stop and to go to a much more, uh, you know, <laughs> downscale. Yeah. yeah, backyard, downscale, be a slaves again. No, no, they should come to us and say, us, okay, no, no, I want more with less. I want... No, uh, you know, I don't want you to pollute the aquifers. I don't want you to to emit ammonia. I don't want you. Okay, we can do it. And and when and we you, say when we when they say we want more for less, um, it's really important for them to know the only way you get more for less successfully is by improving welfare as well. Yeah, no, no, that's oh, it's absolutely now, Matthew. We are you know we are getting ready in Europe by by twenty. Uh, 27 uh, is almost for sure uh, the use of crate is going to be banned. Okay? Barrowing or so gestation? Both. Just, that's both. We okay. got a, a, an initiative. Uh, there is about 2 million people signed in the, US, in the European Union to, to raise a law okay, on the European Parliament to, abo- to, to, to ban the use of crates in, among, also with, uh, with hanses or rabbits, other animals, but including... Uh, the pig. Now the European Commission is working on the technical, uh, so gathering the technical information to to make sure that if this law passes, there is an economical sustainability. Because of course they cannot force a law that will um, destroy the uh, source of food industry because uh, that's that would not happen. No. So okay, now uh, there is a group of experts that are looking into these systems, because, and we of course we already have. Many farms are getting ready because as the payback time of a farm is so much more than five years, if this law is going to pass in five years, they already are thinking to adapt the farms, making uh, systems without uh, crates uh, the first four weeks. You know, in Europe, we cannot use crates already after four, the, the first four weeks of uh, gestation. Okay. Mm-hmm. But now we are already having systems that we call it insemination and release. No, So we inseminate three days in the crate we get the sows into the pen. And the same with uh, pre-farrowing. Pre-farrowing, it means, you know, to have uh, three systems without crate at all. But, you know, most of the systems we are trying, testing now is uh, we, we have the sow free before delivery. Then during the delivery, we keep them closed for three to five days until the piglets yep. use the, the heat pad and, the, you know, the heating area and the, 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 the hoover, the nest, okay? And then uh, we release the sow again so it can move. No? How is we that? Seeing- what is that like? Um, how is that gone? Uh, I, I've seen 
a few examples uh, in Australia and and and, and uh, in the U.S. and Canada. How how have producers adapted to freedom oh. fairway? The, so the, the systems we are doing now in large scale, because here a farm of 3,400 sows has 1,000 farrowing crates. So we don't mean we don't mean make 10 or 20 and try it. No, in big scale, uh, you know the, the experience is good. There is a learning curve yet, okay? Because this we experienced already in in when when we were forced to grow by to group uh, housing in gestation, it was a learning curve. So at the beginning, we were not doing it as good as we do it now. So we had to learn about what is the best way to do it, what is the systems that work the best. There is not just one, there is different systems that work, but you have to learn. With pre-farrowing, it's happening the same. And we are learning because we do it to a big scale already. We are about quite sure of what you have to do in terms of dimension, of time that the sow has to be confined, okay? So before you can release it, and uh, which is the, the conditions you have to give to the piglets so they will not be laying around the crate and they will be using the, the, the area which is protected of the sow, mainly the first days when they are small. No? So we are ab about to, so let's say we are almost ready to deliver the same results we can deliver now with a standard individual cages, okay, so close cages, then we can do with free farrowing system, almost ready. Of course, it it's a lot, it pays a lot of, uh, to compare, it's always difficult math, you know, because you have different, uh, but companies that are that have farms manage it exactly the same way with the free farrowing system and the standard system, they are having almost the, sa the same uh, results, okay? So, so we're starting to find ways to take production yeah. and bring yeah. it to where it is yeah. with, yeah. So I guess if the U.S. or Canada or is to ever have to move or other places in the world was ever having to move to freedom farrowing, there's a lot of gratitude to what you guys are doing to figure out how we actually do it right. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, so it's it, kind of it, scary. It, it's always the same. No, in Europe, we legislate, you know, we make the funny law. Eh? We pay the price to learn how to work with it. And then when we go through, then in America, you are a lot smarter and then you apply it in the yeah. right way the first time <laughs> and you don't pay the two the, and you don't pay the learning curve you know? but okay in this industry that's a lack you, we have no that okay in europe we have this environment of regulation that always forces us but you know the, the the learning curve the learning zone is out of the comfort yeah it so, is uh, sometimes this regulation environment we have in europe i look it to an advantage to our industry gotcha because as we are constantly being pushed out of our comfort zone, and as you know, farmers, we are extremely resilient. You know, we fight and we keep working to survive against all odds, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as we are constantly here being pushed out of our comfort zone, we are constantly in a, in a, in a learning zone. The problem is that we would like to, to rest for a while. <laughs> yes. It would be nice if there was five years nice, of no? just, hey, we really appreciate the pork you produced. <laughs> yes, yes, because now, for instance, you know, okay, reduction of use of antibiotics. They avoid, no, we cannot use uh, uh, growth promoters like like raptopamine already for many, many years. We cannot use now oxide of zinc, so zinc oxide. We cannot use, 
we cannot so constantly we are being pushed out of our comfort there's zone. there's no zinc oxide in in spain no not in the u.s the, the european union not since yep. june so the the then uh, constantly you know we have to to um, uh, challenge ourselves and again find a way to uh, make it through but at the end of the day this makes us very efficient so they put us uh, where we are now no especially in the cost of the piglet no so we are you know very developing that and we keep doing it so then by uh, when these systems have been applied in mass uh, by mass you know in big amounts in in europe then we can translate them to other places of the world no where the the the, the environment of the regulation is not so strict no so when when we're no longer in gestation crates no longer in farrowing crate stalls no longer have antibiotic use unless mm. prescribed for an as-needed basis. Mm. What do you think is going to be next? What is Europe going to come up with that we need to change next? <laughs> it's difficult to tell, but but <laughs> because we don't, it's difficult don't to know. I don't know. To, uh, if I have to, uh, you know, because now, this is the environmental issue, no? Now, our big deal in Europe is the, the emissions of ammonia, for instance. No? Mm. I know so, some of the people listening to us from Asia or America, or they will say, well, ammonia? Well, what's that? You know, <laughs> we produce, this is this gas that makes us itchy eyes when we enter into the pig farm, you know? Yeah, when you get the but, red eye. Yeah, th this gas produces uh, acid rain, okay? And, and, and we have uh, uh, here in Europe a very strong law that starts to tell us that we have to reduce it, not reduce the emissions. Which, believe me, it's a real challenge. No, ammonia is produced by by manure when 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 goes more into the basic form. No, and, and it's a gas. And so, there the, the, the is systems to reduce the production, like keeping the manure cold or uh, removing the manure very often from the barn. No, so then we or reduce the contact surface from manure to the air or reduce the movement of air on top of the manure then when we have it the slurry in the in the lagoons of course they must be covered mm. so and when we apply it to the field we have to apply it injected yeah okay or diluted on water or diluted or with acid so it doesn't be produced no uh, now the regulation it's a strict, very strict. The, the higher is the density of pigs in a country, the more strict. So the three countries with the more strict law now is Denmark, Netherlands, and Spain. But they will keep pushing us on that, and I yes. think that will be next. So we will have to do to go to systems where we can ensure we not just don't produce more ammonia, but we keep producing the ammonia we produce. And that's, of course, again, the technologies are there. We can even apply air scrubbers. So we can collect all the air going out of the barns and put it through an, an acid uh, environment to, to collect this ammonia and release it clean, no? And, uh, and of course, this you can imagine, no? The, the cost of it and how you have to build the farm to collect all the air in one point and so on. But, again, can be done, no? If the... Yeah. If they let us keep advancing on the technology, uh, and of course they are ready to pay a little bit more for this pork 
uh, with zero uh, environmental footprint, okay, then we can do it because at the end, the cost of the farm, it's a small cost over the total cost. No? But I so think what... That... No, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. No, no. That, uh, but besides that, I, I don't see anything else, uh, you know, any another black swine coming. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> is, uh, is there anything else to kind of wrap up here? Anything else on your mind that you'd like to share? Well, mm, just this talk that I would like to... I think we should do things right. Sometimes we have this feeling that, okay, as long as we can do things wrong, we will be okay. No, that's gone. That's gone. And it's not gone because the, the law is there. No, if we don't change the mind of the consumers and we don't start making, making them think we produce a safe and an environmentally sustainable product, we are going to be out. I mean, we need to change the mind and think, to, and think and do things as good as possible. Then once we do that, we should explain it. We should, do, we should be much more active explaining our history. Among yeah. friends, among family, among, you know, and then with, not with opinions, but with information. Because this all is this just what happened. Exactly. So give information. We do things like that. Come to the farms. You can see it. No? And then this again of don't be afraid because all the is extra cost that will bring a much more sustainable industry. We have the means to pay it because some of this money, it's already in the, uh, it's on the uh, tracks of uh, copses, you know, or under the pit in terms of feed waste, most of this money. Yeah. So there is lots of money to found this already. We are spending it, but we don't get any revenue out of it. Even in genetic potential. I mean, we're not producing all the pigs that we, that we can. So there's a lot of opportunity that we're losing every day. And if we can keep exactly. capturing that. So it will be different if, if we will have to improve something that cannot be improved, then we'll be in, in a problem. But there is not. We, there is so many things that can be improved. So much so opportunity. We, yeah. There is money to, rate, to, 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 to fund this. Okay. And uh, then we will have a much more, well, a comp we have a bright future, but, but we will finally see it. Because I believe, I have the feeling sometimes that we are a kind of little bit depressed, you know? about yeah. the future farming and Joe farmers, you know, they are, uh, you know, a little bit worried about the future of the industry. We got a bright future because we are still at the beginning of, of, of uh, a new area, a new era where all this technology that we can see around us will help us to do our, the things we do a lot much better, you know. So before we wrap things up, could you tell us something about yourself that most people in the swine industry might not know. Oof, that's a hard one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm, you know, maybe that, uh, you know, how that besides, you know, I have so many projects and ideas and I'm very active in, in many things and, and I'm very busy. But besides that, I, I still, I, I, I find some time to be the mayor of my small village. You're the so, mayor? I am the mayor, which is, uh, you know, it's a kind of, uh, you know, we don't get salary or anything, but, but it's, yeah. uh, 
uh, it's something it's hard because in the mayor of a, of a very small village everybody has my cell phone literally and they even call you when there is not signal for, on the tv you know oh so, geez. yeah but you do it for the people you love and you have been racing no so i am so thank you for to them because how i am it's a lot about how I was raised among this small community. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's so rewarding that I can do it and, and I love it. And, and, you know, I try to, sometimes it's hard because I travel a lot and so on. But, you know, I am the mayor of my village and I love it. That's awesome. What about a gold nugget? A bit of life wisdom that you can share with listeners. Oof, that's also... Many times, I, the, the, the more I, the older I get, the, the more I realized I am not very wise. <laughs> so, that's <laughs> and the more I know, the more I understand that I know nothing. But one thing that I will, I, it's, it's, uh, that is that how important it is to embrace change. Because at the end, as uh, Parmenides said, uh, change is the only constant thing. So everything is going to change constantly. And, and change is scary. We don't like it. But it's, it's part of life. And, and a lot of, the, of how bright it will be your future, it will depend on how fast and successful will you embrace change. So don't be afraid of change because that's at the end what uh, makes everything move uh, forward or unless change we will still be on the stone age so we need change and we have to embrace it well thank you oscar for joining the popular pig podcast it's been a real real blessing and an honor to have you as a guest thank you matthew it has been lovely and you know and i wish you the best for in this project that it's all of us we appreciate it very much and you are doing a lot to, to, to share the experience of people with other uh, people among the industry. And, and, and we are, you know, we like it very much. Matthew, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. 